Welcome back, Free Rocky Nation. If IDOC stopped its craziness, I wouldn't have a podcast. Today, I'm going to expand on the last episode with The Medical Mayhem Part 2. My father called me on the 30th of August. He told me that he is still healing from his colorectal surgery. One of the other inmates staying in the infirmary is healing from surgery also. A third patient is being treated for cancer. On this same day, Nurse Miller moved a fourth inmate from COVID quarantine in two-house to the infirmary. Since this inmate was in two-house, he is indeed COVID positive. I asked my dad if the label COVID positive meant that he had been tested. My dad said that the man had indeed tested positive. My dad also said that all the inmates in the infirmary, aside from the COVID patient, agreed that they could not survive a COVID infection. My father, who has had COVID twice and has had two Moderna vaccines, is saying that he could not survive a fight with COVID. I asked my dad about the rationale behind moving a COVID-positive patient into the infirmary with immune-compromised patients. He said that there were not enough nurses to cover two house and the infirmary. I asked if this COVID positive inmate had any other issues going on. My dad said, quote, probably not. If he did, he would have been sent to the hospital, end quote. Why then is this man in the infirmary? Since there is a staffing shortage, how do we hire more nurses and doctors? Should we be admitting more inmates to local hospitals? I don't have these answers, and it's maddening. I asked my dad why there were so few nurses. He said he didn't know. Then the answer dawned on me. In Illinois, Governor J.B. Pritzker has mandated that all state employees receive a COVID vaccination. Several nurses especially nurses that worked through the pandemic last year without a vaccine option, did not want to take a vaccine this year. Employers are forcing vaccine rejections out to the detriment of the field in which those people work. Right now, Illinois River employs four nurses when they are supposed to have a staff of 22 nurses. What can I do to help? Not much, but I did make some phone calls. I called the Office of Constituent Affairs at 312-814-2121. That number again is 312-814-2121. You can call that number also. The woman who answered the phone listened to me say, IDOC. Then she asked me if I had contacted the warden. Warden probably authorized the inmates move to the infirmary. Why would I tell the warden something she already knows? Then the woman on the phone said she was, quote, transferring me to her IDOC contact, and then my call was disconnected. I hope you're listening, constituent affairs. You dropped the freaking ball. Next, I called my Illinois Senator, Jill Tracy. I was able to speak with her aide, Helen. Helen was very sweet and understood the seriousness of the situation. I am waiting to hear back from her. She told me that she would reach out to IDOC and the Department of Public Health. Let's talk about Nurse Brittany Miller for a bit. 
This woman has 14 lawsuits against her. In 12 of the lawsuits, she is listed as a defendant. In the oldest two of the lawsuits, she is listed as the primary defendant. I have the cases listed in this transcript. I'm not going to read them all to you. Next, I'm going to read my most recent letter to my government officials. Feel free to visit this transcript and copy the letter. Use it to write your Illinois Assemblyman if you live in Illinois or to U.S. Senators Durbin and Duckworth if you live outside of Illinois. Dear Representative or Senator or Governor or Director or whoever you're going to write to. My father is Larry Harris, N57672. He is currently housed at Illinois River Correctional Center. He also has colon cancer. He had been bleeding out of his bowels since March 2017. He was denied examination or colon cancer treatment by Wexford Medical Service Providers staff until June 2021. He was diagnosed with colon cancer June 29, 2021. He finally had colon cancer surgery on August 5, 2021 to remove two large tumors. His gastroenterologist discovered that his cancer had already spread to his lymph nodes. He has five tumors in the lymph nodes in his abdomen. He has seen an oncologist and is scheduled for chemotherapy. My father feels like he and every other Illinois prisoner are denied cancer treatment so Wexford can save money and collect a larger efficiency bonus. Having cancer and recovering from major abdominal surgery are bad enough. Illinois River, however, has even more near-death experiences to throw at my dad. As of today, September 11th, 2021, it has been 20 days since the last commissary shop at Illinois River. The last commissary run was restricted to a $75 limit. I want to know why Director Jeffries has reneged on his deal to allow A-grade inmates to shop weekly with a $150 limit. When you get time, could you please call Director Jeffries and ask this question? Let me know what he says. The soy in the prison diet most likely caused my father's cancer. They keep feeding him soy and ignoring his prescription no-soy diet. He needs to eat off the store to survive. He is rapidly dropping weight now. He cannot survive this institutionalized starvation, especially once he starts chemotherapy. Please use your oversight to ensure that Wexford staff are held accountable for their medical malpractice and systematic killing of my father. Respectfully submitted, me. Update. Senator Durbin wrote me back. He sent me an email that said his office would like to investigate what is going on. This is great news. What is going on in the prisons needs to be exposed. Secondly, Dad finally received commissary on Monday, September 13th. His shop had been restricted to $75 again. He had not shopped since August 21st. He is supposed to be shopping once a week with a limit no less than $150. He is still an A-grade prisoner with all his privileges intact. I do not understand why Warden Clark is doing this. Dad told me that with this $75 limit, he can make 16 meals out of the commissary food. That means he's eating once a day for two and a half weeks. He cannot eat the prison food because it makes him sick. 
When he runs out of food, he's just starving. Since my dad went to surgery on August 5th, he has lost 30 pounds. Free Rocky Nation, please call the Office of Constituent Affairs and relay the current conditions of your loved one and or my father. You may also email or write Senators Duckworth and Durbin in the U.S. Congress. Regardless of how you feel about why people are in prison, it is important to us on the outside to keep COVID under control in the prisons. If we don't keep it under control in the prisons, we continue the cycle of reinfection in our communities. Also, it's quite frightening to think that some inmates are in prison for what I would consider petty crimes and have essentially been handed a death sentence. To me, petty crimes are the writing of bad checks, selling marijuana, and possessing marijuana. Mary Jane is now legal in Illinois. Inmates have allegedly gone to court and received a legal sentence that is reasonable with respect to the severity of their crimes. We know that that is how our justice system is supposed to work. The reality is two-pronged. Some inmates are serving unreasonable sentences and others are serving a death sentence due to the lack of medical care. Is this justice? How satisfied are you with the level of care these American citizens are receiving? Don't you think it is also criminal for Wexford healthcare staff to deny medical care based on their selfish motive of receiving a larger efficiency bonus at the end of the fiscal year? Sometimes the criminals wear lab coats and badges, not just jumpsuits and chains. Listen to the Free Rocky Nation on Amazon Music, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Pandora, and Spotify. Email us with your questions, comments, or experiences at freerocky at freerockynation.org. Don't forget to visit our blog at freelarryrockyharrisx2.com. Like us on Facebook at Larry Rocky Harris 1959. Buy my dad's books on Amazon. You'll find titles such as Never Ending Nightmare, chronicling his sham trial that brought him this 65-year sentence. 100 filthy and raunchy jailhouse jokes, 100 more filthy and raunchy jailhouse jokes, and The Prisoner's Guide to Filing a Winning Grievance.